Welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on pocket tanks, and my guest here is Mike Welch of Blitwise Productions, and also uh, my co-worker Rick Hecky, who, uh, who uh, uh, is a big fan of the pocket tanks game. So thanks for coming on, Mike. How are you doing? Good, good. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor to uh, be on your podcast. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. So... Uh, we're, we're here to talk about pocket tanks, but before we do that, uh, I want to give some people uh, some context in, into the game. So, so pocket tanks, for, for those people who don't know, is an artillery-style game. Uh, it's one-on-one. Uh, it's on, it's on uh, Mac and PC, but, it, but the way that we're playing it, because this is a handheld gaming show, uh, it's also on iOS uh, and Android and iPads and, and pretty much everything you can imagine. You guys have ported it to, to lots of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, good grief. It takes a long time to port to all the different platforms. But, yeah, we're on, like, Amazon Kindles and our Windows phones. So, so yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's been quite a challenge, but it's a lot of fun, too. Definitely. Well, let, let's get into you first. So, uh, you know, Pocket Tanks is not your first game. Uh, and why don't you just tell us kind of how you got into making games and some of the games that you've made before? Oh, okay. Well, um... I got started programming back when I was 12, so I've been working on Commodore 64 and Amiga stuff for a long time. That's kind of where I got my start. Sure. Um, you know, that's kind of a funny thing happens when you have that as a hobby. I didn't really know anybody, so I just kind of programmed in a vacuum for a long time. And you know, It wasn't until I switched over to the Amiga and had some friends in college that I saw this game called uh, Scorched Earth, and, uh, you know, the Amiga and the PC, there was always kind of a rivalry back then. It was kind of like the recess fight sort of thing. And... Um, you know, so he's like, well, you, I know your Amiga is, is, you know, really great, but uh, I've got this game on the PC that you really need to try. I'm like, um, well, all right, if you think it's that great. So he invited me over and he showed me Scorched Earth. I'm like, you know what? There's nothing like Scorched Earth on the Amiga. So I decided just as a fun little side project to uh, make my own version of Scorched Earth. So I didn't own a PC. I played it once. You know, I, I probably programmed for three, four or five months. And uh, I just... You know, I just I just kind of banged out, you know, uh, an artillery game that was kind of like what I remembered playing once briefly for about a half an hour. And by the time I was done, I'd made something, you know, I'd made Scorched Tanks, which obviously being young, I didn't feel, you know, uh, worried about naming things close to something else. <laughs> I was just making something cool. But, you know, I, I started showing people and they're like, you know, this is this is really cool because it had the graphics and it had the music. And, you know, if you played Scorched Earth on the PC, it was a little dull. I mean, it, it had a lot of like, you know, cool weapons and stuff. But, you know, me being an Amiga person from the, you know, enjoying the demo scene and all the, the creativity that came out of, uh, you know, what was the Amiga computer system and, and its community. Um, I just kind of took it to the next level. And so, you know, it became really popular. I just just uploaded it and it became really popular. And uh, so that's kind of how I started becoming like an actual uh, shareware game developer so you know when you think of shareware on the pc side you think of things like doom and wolfenstein 3d and that's where a lot of those got their start too but you know even before that there was this kind of like undercurrent of like developers who just kind of made things for fun and well uh, oh heck i'll just you know put a price on it and if you like it just send me five bucks in the mail and you know that's kind of pretty much where it all started nice so when did you go from making games by yourself to making games with a team well, that's a funny question, actually. I mean, you could say that when I worked in the industry, I worked as a team, and that was that was fine because you know, you've got like uh, structure and things like that. But as far as um, uh, 
pocket tanks uh, now in the future, um, I mean, it, it's the sort of thing where, you know, I kind of program stuff and I have a team of people that help me uh, keep it going. But, you know, I'm still working on a set of tools that allow me to uh, to work with people. And we can talk about that in a bit. But uh, working in a team is pretty tricky, especially when I'm a, I'm a lone wolf. So, <laughs> you know, I have people that help me port things and I have people that help me coordinate tech support and the community and things like that. But uh, working in a team, I, I'm still pretty much that one guy in the, in the back bedroom programming. That's that's how I do things. <laughs> so how many how many people actually work at, at Blitwise Productions, and oh, when did that come about? Oh uh, well, currently there's three people working with me. Um, and in the past we had more like five or six, but you know, um, how did that came about? <laughs> well, let's see. I mean, I started Pocket Tanks and Blitwise back in 2001, and so you know there was a, a period of time where I'm like, you know, you know, I released a game and I. Going back a little further, I mean, I have friends who have done these sorts of things. I, when people say, you know, you know, when when downloadable games started or when indie games started, I, I my efforts predate all all of those things. So, so I have like, if you if you go even further back, you know, um, back to the Amiga, I had friends that I had with Shareware. We kind of all kind of got in the industry together, and then we kind of started companies after that together. And so, you know, we're all kind of one man versus you know the world sort of a thing, but. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it goes back to, like, DxBall and DxBall2 and working with Seamus and, and, you know, some of the things like that that involved, you know, realizing that there's an opportunity to be one person and actually release a game on the Internet and make enough money to feed your family was, you know, something that kind of slowly unfolded, you know, as an opportunity. And so, you know, I'd had Scorch Tanks and I made DX Ball. You know, neither of those made, you know, DX Ball was free. I don't know if you've heard of DX Ball. I, I, doing research for the show, I was able to find some oh, of that okay. stuff too. And, and that's out on, on uh, other platforms as well now too. Or, or you have like a <laughs> new DX Ball from Blitwise, right? Well, yes, but that was 10 years ago, so okay. I, haven't, I have yet to officially make a mobile version of that game. But um, all that's to say is that, you know, the opportunity to be a game developer um, was more like I was shareware, and then I got a job in the game industry, you know, for my friends that I met from there. But, you know, then real life happened. Uh, you know, I ended up having to take a real job for a while, which is what most people do. But because so many people were interested in my previous work, uh, and my friends were having success starting little tiny little businesses and making little amounts of money that uh, I just took a chance and in 2001 we just uh, we did uh, you know I just decided to form a company you know why not it's crazy let's just go for it right you know definitely so when you're when you're making pocket tanks pocket tanks even though it's very similar in being an artillery style game it's also very different from scorched earth and scorched tanks how in the uh, like the number of players and and the the way it's just kind of set up so what were some of the design decisions that uh, that you were coming up with to make pocket tanks different from the previous work? Ah, well, when you start a game project, you're always like, "I'm going to make the next best thing. It's going to be incredible." Uh, one one example I heard of this recently is kind of like when you're playing pocket tanks. You know, you release your first game, and it's a lot like you know the. The, the, the smallest evolution of a Pokemon creature. And, you know, you get that kind of like, wow, people actually like that, so I'm going to make the next evolution. And, you know, I thought that was a really cool illust- illustration because I know when I made Scorch Tanks, you know, I'm going to make this big game and it's got four players and it's got all these turns and you buy weapons in between rounds and there's money and there's points and economies and there's all sorts of stuff like that. And so when you're thinking of your next game, I'm going to make something huge. I'm going to have 16 players, there's going to be internet play, there's going to be everything, you know, everything you, you could imagine back for 2001. 
And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of cranking out this, this game and I'm like, you know, I'm tired, you know, you're, you're into it for quite a while. And it's like, holy smokes, you know, how much can you throw at this? I mean, this, the original game took three months to write and two years for Scorch Tanks, two years to fully implement all the, all of that stuff. In other words, it was so popular. I had another like year and a half worth of just maintaining it. So, <laughs> you know, so you think I'm just going to make something huge. Well, what happened is I got really, really tired of trying to do everything. And so I just essentially said, well, well, here's some, here's an idea. Why don't we try cutting it way back? We'll just have two players and, you know, and just one day I was just kind of in a good mood and just listening to some cool music and it just came to me. Like, why don't we just pick weapons like you pick teams playing kickball on the, on, at recess? And I'm like, that's just so simple. And, you know, mind you, there was no mobile gaming back then. This was just like, a, I, have to, I have to make a project that I can actually finish. So, <laughs> nice. you know, because games have gotten harder to write, too. So I figured, why don't we just simplify it, make it really, make it really fast? And, uh, you know, strangely enough, uh, that idea just seemed to really click for me. So, you, you know, you have one guy on one side of the hill and one guy on the other. You know, gone are the things from Squash Earth and Squash Tanks where you have lots of people and money and all the complications that tend to slow things down. And with just two players and 20 weapons, you know, picked, you know, turn by turn, um, the, it just streamlines the gameplay. It just, you know, it was... It, it seemed like a really good idea. So I released it and it was popular. I was surprised. So... And, and it originally released on, on desktop PCs and then uh, Mac version later, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We released it for a PC, and then uh, I had a friend of mine who uh, who I still work with uh, that uh, ported it over to the Mac. And, of course, we brought that all in-house after a while. But, yeah, that's kind of where the whole – it went from just making pocket tanks on the PC to making pocket tanks for everything. Well, I mean, what's really interesting to me is that you, you kind of had this idea back in 2001 to kind of do a more simplistic, streamlined version – of, of Scorched Earth to make pocket tanks, and it it works so well on mobile platforms because of that simplicity. Uh, the, this you're you're making asynchronous multiplayer kind of games before those were really in vogue now on on things with like Words with Friends and and that kind of stuff. And and that's just it's really cool how you kind of had that idea almost without knowing that this mobile thing was going to blow up like this. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. You know, it's kind of funny when you think about 2008, and uh, you know, those weren't those weren't good times for me or any of my friends because of the recession. And it's just it's kind of funny to think back. You know, it's just you know, all of a sudden I'm going to a I'm going to a conference and I'm talking to people, and they're like, you know, you really should get an iPhone. I'm like, nah, I don't need a cell phone. <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine that, I you know, before before having an iPhone, I, I'm like, I'm not using a cell phone. That's too much. That's too distracting. So, but you go to this conference and you're talking to people i'm like oh all right so it's like you know i'm kind of hardcore against all the mobile stuff um which is kind of ironic but (laughs) but it's funny you know the story goes something like this you know i'm in seattle at uh, casual connect and i'm like okay everyone's talking about the iphone why don't i see if i can get one very naive very very silly very silly thing to do and i thought well i'll take a day off at the conference and i said well where can i get one and so i you know took a a cab up to uh to uh near redmond Uh, they had an apple store up there and uh, i got in line and and got one and it was really weird because people were pulling up in limousines and stuff like that trying to get an iphone (laughs) (laughs) so i'm at this conference i grab i have an iphone in my hands i'm like walking back to the conference and things like that. And I'm like, holy smokes, the GPS is tracking my location on the bus, you know. And then I go talk to people, and I'm like, you know what? I am I'm totally porting this game 
to the iPhone. And, and the, the cool thing too is, is that in 2007, I had been repurposing my engine to uh, do hardware acceleration, which, which is exactly what we needed to transition. So I guess in so many ways, um, the, the creation of Pocket Tanks has been kind of just, I don't know, It's everything's just seemed to happen the way it's supposed to. It's its hard to describe. I, we're really quite blessed, actually. So it, it is really a, a cool thing to have created, you know, something that fits asynchronous so perfectly. And, you know, even like in 2001, 2002, 2003, there were things like pocket PCs and there were Palm Pilots. So people were like, well, why don't you make pocket tanks for that? It's called pocket, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just I just kind of held out to just the right moment when a mobile really was going to work for everybody. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's, it's a unique thing. Touching on that, like, where did the name come from? If the idea at the beginning wasn't to make it mobile and, and portable, uh, how do you how do you come up with the name Pocket Tanks? <laughs> okay, so let's go back to two thousand one. Okay, and, and I mean, what's you know what's popular in two thousand one? Uh, that I'm not one hundred percent sure of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you. One of the biggest things was uh, Pokemon. Well, okay, yes, I, yeah, so, I was definitely so, into Pokemon. And, at the and time. of course, the Japanese name for Pokemon is Pocket Monsters. And I right. thought to myself, well, that's cool. And I thought, <laughs> well, I, I have this really cool, like you know, Pocket Game Boy, right? And like, well, it fits in your pocket. And I think, well, the word pocket just kind of means to me it's a small thing. You know, okay. it's a simple thing. I I wanted use the word pocket because it was it was it, it it was just a simple it was a simplification of my ideas it was going to be the pocket version of scorch tanks it was going to be the little version and that's that's really all it was i mean who knew it was actually going to be mobile someday sure okay i mean that makes perfect sense then uh i mean another thing we talked about the the a circuitous multiplayer and just kind of how the game works and how it works into mobile like that but you also I, was the the microtransaction part the the having the free version and the deluxe version and then these expanded weapon packs, was that something you always had at the start or is that something that you brought in later when you're working on mobile versions and, and then brought to all versions of the game? Well, believe it or not, when uh, when um, Apple first allowed people to do uh, you know, third-party applications, you know, I think the original iPhones didn't even really allow that. So right. it was it was quite a thrill just to be able to make something that you could potentially sell. And all they had in the store was either free or paid. That was all you could do. So either you're releasing your game for free or you're paying for it. And so you had to be very careful. Like if you had a free version, you couldn't offer anything that seemed like they had to spend money. But you could have one little box over here in the corner that said there is a deluxe version. And if you click on that, it'll take you to the Apple uh, store and you can, uh, you know, click on the deluxe version so so really uh, microtransactions or in-app purchases were just the sort of thing that uh that weren't even possible back then so you know we were just kind of releasing deluxe with a, you know a half a you know a bunch of the expansion packs already installed which i'm sure you've noticed so mm-hmm. but we didn't do all of them that you know <laughs> yeah you know but it was one of those things like we, we knew that eventually they would allow in-app purchases and seeing as that we're shareware developers i mean a long time ago we released uh, pocket tanks deluxe and then with deluxe you could buy expansion packs and it was just a, a natural uh, uh transition for us definitely and and rick and i both uh play the deluxe version uh we at least upgraded to that version we uh, we keep talking about getting more of the expanded weapon packs because there are a ton of cool weapons. How, how many are there total? It's close to 300, right? Yeah, there's 320. Wow. How did Man. you think up all of those? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I mean, yes. How, how do you think up new weapons for that? I know, I know some of them come from, game, from your previous games like Scorched, uh, Scorched Tanks and Scorched Earth and, 
and some of that stuff. But some of them, I mean, I know I also know that some of them are like powered up versions of previous weapons. Yeah. But like, where do, where do you come up with some of these ideas? Do you get them from the community, or are they all coming from your head? Or <laughs> that's a really good question. Uh, you know, actually, right now, uh, both uh, Nate and Brian, who work here at Blitwise, are in the other offices and. They are prototyping uh, new weapons for me right now. And so, you know, the, the process as it goes right now is we have forums where you can visit and you can submit your ideas. And then the guys kind of take the best of those ideas and then they kind of mush them together with some other ideas and they make me prototypes. And then I take their prototypes and I kind of mush them together and then make something final. So it's really quite the refining process. But, you know, back in the day, you know, if you want to go all the way back to like 1993, you know, one of the reasons I knew uh, Scorch Tanks was popular is that People have always been sending me emails on their weapon ideas. So, I mean, it's not like – I mean, I, I have, you know, my pride and, and all of those sorts of things. So I have my, my own ideas, right, where I make things. And I, and I have, you know, obviously I, I wrote the engine so I understand it the best. But, but, but sometimes people just send these really cool ideas and they all kind of mush together. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have huge stacks of printouts of people that sent me uh, weapons way back in 93 all the way up to the release of pocket tanks I mean I even have like you know elementary school teachers will have an assignment for their kids make a weapon for pocket tanks in oh, France, that's cool. and and we will we will send it to the author and he'll tell you what he thinks and so that happened way long time ago and that happens now oh, too excellent. so it's a there's just a, a quite the groundswell of interest uh, in, in the making of these weapons. So 320 is a, is a lot to bang out in a, in a short amount of time. But over the course of, you know, 15, 20 plus years, it's a, it actually makes a lot of sense. For sure. I, with, with 320 weapons, how do you balance something like that? Balance? <laughs> okay, that's fair. I don't know, that's fair. feel that there's balance? I mean, remember, there is kind of a luck thing. You know, and you gotta you gotta choose which weapon you think is gonna be. So I don't know if there can really ever be balance. It's, it's more like you know you gotta you gotta get lucky and you gotta know what a weapon can do. Right, for sure. And, and I mean, we we kind of have a house rule here in the office where we only do the quick picks. Uh, so we so, are actually at work. So yeah. right. Well, yeah. We, it take it would take a little bit longer to actually make your picks, but then also we just kind of like the the randomness to just be. Uh, you know, uh, implied that instead of, you know, it's still a random assortment of weapons that you can choose from, but if we just let the computer choose, then it gets that almost complete randomness in there, uh, yeah. which, which does bring an excitement to the game. I, how, how do you play Pocket Tanks? I mean, I, do you play your own game, and, and how, how does that go? <laughs> oh, right now? Uh, mostly I just hit random. <laughs> I mean, I hate to admit it. I know now there's probably going to be guys that I play against. I'm like, oh, well, no wonder I always beat him. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, for me, it's just kind of fun to let the computer pick the weapons and then just, you know, do, do a MacGyver sort of thing. Um, it really kind of depends on who you're playing. If I'm really getting sick and tired of losing to somebody, I will handpick the weapons online. So, um, yeah, you know, but for me, you know, I have a number of people that I play against and I, I try to play somewhat regularly so there's only so much you know brain power for that plus running a business plus writing the game plus sure. working on new engine technologies and so you know you gotta you know it's asynchronous they don't they can't really see you hitting random <laughs> yeah now when when you do play uh, do you play with all of the weapons unlocked or or do you prefer like a, a more the the more i guess pure <laughs> pureness of like the free version or the deluxe version because uh, I know some of the other people that we play against in the office, they like playing with the free version because it's 30 weapons, they know what they all do, 
and and they're happy with that. They feel like they they have the strategy down for that. And Rick, if, Rick, if they beat us, then they're even. Then they, yeah, they yeah. feel even better that they beat the guys with the, <laughs> the, the paid versions. But we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll allow them that joy. Once <laughs> but I, how, how do you play like that? I actually do when I'm testing. I will play the free version, and I'll, I will play with everything unlocked. So I enjoy playing the free version for the same reason you do. Uh, it's very simple. There's a, there seems to be one kind of weapon that does everything, and so it's 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 a it's a, it's a simpler experience and it's faster. And, and you really can't beat people that have all the weapons. It's it's fun. I, I like it that way. It's streamlined. Definitely, yeah. I, I remember the the first time uh, that uh, these guys in the office brought it up to me. Uh, you know, we, we're playing, and you look at the weapons, and you go, "Okay, some of these, some of these seem kind of cool." Single shot is is pretty basic, but then superstar, like that, that's crazy. And then, so it's always like the race to see who gets superstar or gamma blaster, and those are usually like the game deciding weapons uh, for for that free version. But now, now that we're on deluxe. You know, you, you throw something like a funnel down. Or an iron cannon. And <laughs> you don't have a dirt mover. Well, then yeah. that's too bad. Uh, so <laughs> You're never getting out. Uh, like, before we get into like, more of the weapons and strategy stuff that I know Rick and I want to talk about, uh, I, I have one, one last like, real question here. And that's, you know, this game came out in 2001. And we're sitting here. It's 2015. Like, how, how has this game endured so long? And, and how... Have you uh, kept going? How have you endured so long, continuing to build stuff for this game? Because the last update was in uh, in June of this year. Like you guys are still working on this game. Oh yes, um, and you know, uh, I, I think at this point, Pocket Tanks is kind of a you know a cult thing. <laughs> so sure. I mean, uh, it, it, the truth of the matter is, is that people buy the game. And I am obliged to give them uh, their money's worth. So, you know, it's kind of humble when you start out in the beginning. You know, I've written a game and people keep sending me money, you know, and that's the way it was, you know, with credit cards. Or if you're getting, like, you know, checks in the mail from Germany. Or not checks, but, you know, the different currencies and cash and Mm -hmm. things like that. So, So going back through all of time, people have been sending me money and I've just... I just can't help myself. I have to keep working on it. I know other companies would be like, well, just scoop up that money and go do something else. But but for me, this is very personal, and I think people believe that if they send me money, if they pay me, that I will continue to work on it, and uh, I'm doing my end of the bargain. I, I have every intention of working on this for the next 20, 30 years. So it's entirely possible when you're playing on your VR tablet or whatever in your 360 room <laughs> where you've got 360 degree, you'll be playing pocket tanks and who knows, but I'm, I'm committed to continuing to work on it and people seem to keep playing it. So it really is just that simple. I think it's just trust. They trust me to make it and I trust them to keep funding it. And it's, you know, you can talk about Kickstarter and all that excitement stuff, but you know, I, the proof's in the pudding and and we're here to stay. So by all means, you know, we're, we're going to be here. We'll be on your next devices. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That is really refreshing to hear uh, because there are so many people out there that, you know, get a game done and then immediately move on to the next thing. So to see somebody really, really stick with a game and you have taken it above and beyond the call of duty for sure, uh, just to, to keep to stay dedicated to to this one game and to make it the best it can be. And that is that is a really cool thing. You did mention uh, some future device stuff. Uh, the the Apple event uh, where they showed off some new iPhone stuff uh, was yesterday, uh, in fact. So did you watch any of that? Did, did you see anything that maybe 
you could see implementing with pocket tanks for some some of that stuff. I think they're talking about like 3D touch mm-hmm. and some of those other uh, ideas. I don't know how well that would work into some apps. I, I don't know how much they got into that. But did you watch that and did you see anything that you could see pocket tanks uh, utilizing? I did not watch it. However, I do have the guys that are working with me um, or, or friends that, that have worked with me in the past. Um, they're all like, you know, you've got to look at this TVOS. You've got to look at the new Apple TV. And so we've been talking a lot about, you know, how to make Pocket Tanks, uh, you know, gamepad friendly. And obviously I'm thinking about the 3D Touch. I am not entirely sure how we're going to implement that. But, uh, you know, I'll, we're going to get our hands on the APIs and see. I mean, it, you know, 3D Touch is a, is a shoe-in if... Uh, for instance, you know, Google's going to have something that can do an equivalent thing. You know, if there's going to be a, a general sensation that, uh, that, that, you know, tactile haptic response and stuff is going to be in and you're going to feel your finger moving over the buttons and stuff like that, then, then we'll, we'll implement that, of course. Uh, well, I, let's, let's, I know Rick and I uh, have, have many questions or at least want to, like, run our strategies by you. Because uh, there are things that we have found in the game that we, you know, love or hate or uh, hate when other people do to us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I've found, and uh, I guess with previous artillery style games, that there were uh, different mechanics for how the edges of the screen worked. Uh, where, where shots would either bounce off of walls or the ceiling. Uh, but in pocket tanks, uh, the ceiling at least is unlimited or seemingly unlimited, uh, where a shot will go up and can go off screen, but then will eventually come back down. But the walls automatically cancel a shot. Uh, am, am I correct on that? Yeah, that, that was the design decision back then, yep. <laughs> so the, the strategy that I found that uh, many people in the office have now adopted and uh, mutually hate <laughs> uh, is that you immediately move to the far back of the screen because that gives you the best opportunity for somebody overshooting and just completely wasting a shot. You know, that is a sad, sad strategy. <laughs> there, there, Chase, you said it. It's sad. Hey, I know, I know. It is totally taking advantage of the mechanics, but it, it, it works in the game. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, you could always drop a bumpers, and you could either encase them in that, or you can bounce everything back at them. Also, bouncy wall right behind them, too. It is a little bit cheap, and, uh, you know, when I personally play the game, uh, it depends on how badly I keep losing against the same person. Uh, sometimes... I will uh, back all the way up against just to <laughs> take advantage of that. It's it's cheesy. I think everyone pretty much knows that's a that's a cheesy move. But right. you know, I think you can sense the desperation when people do it. <laughs> so I kind of you know it's a weak thing. This but, is working you know, out so it's well. Tough. It's, it's an exploit, you know, and, and we can't stop it. So go for it. <laughs> right. That was a fantastic answer, by the way. <laughs> so how did how did you uh, come up with the idea to only have four moves per game and and what also led to the decision of being able to use those four moves all in a single turn if you wanted to. Because, like, with that strategy that we just explained, like, at the beginning of the game, I can use, you know, three, two to three, maybe even four of my moves to get to that back end of the screen. Uh, and, I mean, I could see that being lessened if you were only able to do one move per turn or, or had a, lim- a more limited amount of moves. So where, where did that decision come from? 
well, just a long time ago, I figured, you know, if they move too much, it's going to be hard to, to range in on them. So I figured give people just a little bit of movement to get out of a divot so you're not, like, in the center and taking all the damage mm-hmm. from, like, you know, some kind of water effect. So so it was, you know, originally, you know, before before things like that were possible where you could back all the way up and, you know, cool stuff that, that comes about over time, it was really just uh, don't give them infinite movement because that's silly, you know. <laughs> uh, so, so it just so happens there's just enough moves for you to get to the side of the screen. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, if you look at games like um, Worms, uh, for instance, you know, they tend to move around. You can move around quite a lot and then shoot as well. So, right. but uh, I just figured this was a little different. There wasn't like multiple levels in the, you know, if you look at Worms, which by the way, Scorch Tanks predates Worms, so I can talk like this. <laughs> and I would love to tell there's a, there's a cool story, but I, I won't get into it unless you really want to know. But trust me, Scorch Tanks predates Worms. Okay. But the point is, in a, in a game like Worms, uh, you can definitely you can move and then you can jump down to another level and there's a whole bunch of you can use ninja rope and there's you know moving is a, is a key feature but you know it's a tank in pocket tanks how much movement should a tank be doing and you know sure. so I figured you just you weren't going to get multiple moves besides you might be in a ditch and you won't be able to move anyway it's, it's, a, it's a last you know last chance to get out of the way of something terrible right I, I, I can definitely see the realism you're putting in when, when you you know attach jump jets to a tank yeah I, I can definitely see where <laughs> For the realism, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right about that. I deluxe to get jump jets, right? Yes, 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 for sure. So, that was a big yeah. deal. <laughs> so us on deluxe, we're using backtracks and other things to to keep some of the movement going, even when we run out of moves. But uh, uh, what are what are some of your favorite weapons and and strategies when you're playing the game? Mm. Well, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, you can obviously, I don't necessarily like covering people with dirt. I, I kind of like having a clean fight where everyone just kind of picks the right weapons and does the right thing. So I don't Sweet generally case. go with dirt, dirt weapons. I don't know. I just like to, gosh, I, I've i played this game so much. Uh, <laughs> strategies, strategies. I, I mean, obviously, if you can get, you know, bouncy dirt under them and you can like funnel things in, you know, it's not, you know. <laughs> All right. How, how about I, add, I kind of rephrase the question a little differently? How, what is what is the weapon that you hate having used on you the most? Mm. Hate the most. I think mud pie really pisses yep. me off. <laughs> I think that weapon is totally not fair. Yes. Um, uh, if we, I had it to do over again, I would I would drop the amount of dirt by a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have definitely broken the spirit of, of some people here uh, by using <laughs> using our deluxe mud pies. Uh, like that. Ion cannon too. That can put you in a position where you're you're stuck. Right. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, like dirt ball and big dirt ball are already pretty tough and then you add in things like tarball and and other things that can very okay so rick is rick is again excited because my because my strategy is to get to the edge of the screen (laughs) and then to bury you with as much dirt as possible uh which yes is is definitely the cheap cheapskate kind of strategy yeah it doesn't get old at all uh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Well, just remember, there's you know honor there. So right. Yeah. Uh, my honor but, is yeah, is I'm... safely underneath a bounce house, and then they're <laughs> underneath uh, a mound of That's dirt. Of dirt. <laughs> I think actually yeah, the, the my favorite thing that I've ever done was against. I think it was my last game against you, Rick, uh, where I was up by about a hundred, uh, and I I had a digger. And I use that to just cut a hole in the mountain. And usually uh, in pocket tanks, when you use a digging kind of weapon, uh, or some kind of dirt mover weapon, 
the rest of the the dirt on top will will fall down. We'll have some gravity. But with Digger, uh, it doesn't. Uh, and I was just able to cut into the side of the mountain and then drive right in with my remaining moves and just sit there the rest of the game. And I had an entire mountain above me that Rick was unable to uh, to dig into at all. And that was definitely completely cheap, but also kind of awesome that the game allowed you to do that. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have quite the rivalry going on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. Uh, we, we sit across from each other, and, and that happens. Right. Game, and two other guys sit right across from us, too, the other two. Players, right. So, so we, yeah. we get about uh, two uh, a game in every two days or so, yeah. I would say. But, uh, yeah, that, that game is, is highly popular around the office. Oh, that's really cool. So, I mean, do you guys know all the different exploits and stuff? I mean, obviously, moving to the edge of the screen is one of them. I mean, that's that's the one that we have found. Uh, I've I've purposely have not uh, gone into any <laughs> forum stuff because I already know that I'm uh, more or less cheating using the exploits that I know. Uh, but if you would love, if you would like to uh, enlighten us mm-hmm. with some new ways to torture our friends, that we would. Well, there's. We'd be There's happy. new ways. I mean, the, the community's known about these for a long time. I'll just give you a hint. Okay. Uh, some weapons don't work correctly at point-blank range. Okay. Ah. Yeah. So, you know, there's ways the scripts are written that, you know, um, you can get, like, quadruple damage. Oh, man. So, so, just, you know, if you ever feel like you got a leapfrog or a jump jet, so you know you can get... Right next to him, and you have certain other weapons. Um, I, I would recommend experimenting. I do try to stop that from happening. I do actually write code that stops a lot of the point blank stuff, but every now and then one gets through, and people just get a little excited and crazy and, uh, and mad. It depends. <laughs> so, but uh, there there are some stinker moves you can do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, we're on we're on deluxe. So I think we have access to. We don't have a lot of access to a lot of movement tools. I would say jump jets is is the big one that we yeah. do have access we don't to. Have so, so not too many uh, we're not getting too many matches where somebody can get over the top of the hill onto somebody else's side i think i've been able to do that once or twice but uh, i think somebody i think one of the uh turrets not yeah not mi- missile open. turret is yeah. definitely the bane of my existence because uh, people will oh, i love that totally mess me up with that but uh is there for for us who are just on deluxe is there uh, a pack of weapons that you think would be uh, helpful or fun for us to kind of spice up the way we're playing games? Because uh, we played the free version for months, and then both of us upgraded to Deluxe and now have really been happy with that. But, uh, you know, I think we've played a good enough amount of matches where, you know, we could use something to spice it up. So is there a, a weapon expansion pack that you'd recommend for, for somebody who has uh, been playing a lot of Deluxe? Well, let's see. I mean, anything after the Tornado Pack is using a lot of the cool new engine tweaks that I made to make the game better. So, um, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, Favorite expansions. Oh, there's so many. (laughs) I mean, uh, the newest ones really are pretty awesome. You know, and and of course, are you you playing on PC or Mac? Uh, we're, We're playing on iPhones. Oh, okay, so you yeah. have access to all the newest stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so, I mean, obviously, uh, there's lots of, you, you've got all the free packs, right? Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, good grief. The space pack's a lot of fun. I just love the space laser. Okay. You know, that's just a hoop. But, I mean, you, again, I'm talking, like, you know, the graphical effects that are fun. Um, <laughs> things that really open stuff up. Oh, gosh. 
can have a lot of fun with the space pack. I like that one. <laughs> All, right. All right. I think we'll look I, into that. I think space pack is going to be next on our, uh, our so. roster for sure. Well, uh, I mean, uh, if let's let's kind of wrap things up here. But is there anything? I mean, obviously, you're still working on uh, pocket tanks because that's uh, you've you've got that dedication to it. But is, do you have any future plans for for pocket tanks or future games or or anything else that you're working on at Blitwise? Well, you know, on the short list, obviously, we need to get uh, you know DX Ball and Super DX Ball ported over to mobile because sure. a lot of people want to do that. Um, but uh, as far as the, the future, I've actually spent the past eight ten months uh, working on some new uh, technology that will allow me to make these games even faster for new platforms. I'm, I've nicknamed it the, the Zoom Engine, and I'm actually building a framework on top of the Blitwise Engine, and it'll allow me to do uh, to work with like game designers and stuff. And in a lot of ways, it'll be kind of like those tools like Game Maker and Unity, but you know, I've written it, and I'll be able to have people like learn how to use it, and then I'll still have access to all the low-level code. So, and, and what's going to come of that is, of course, you know, you know, huge improvements in the UI interface for uh, for Pocket Tanks. You'll be able to play it maybe on a television, or we'll be able to take the mobile version of Pocket Tanks and how about put it on a PC? Because I mean, one of the big problems with the PC version right now is it's pretty old. So again, this technology is going to allow me to make games a lot quicker. I'll be able to do prototyping. So it's it's really really hardcore stuff, uh, you know, getting into the scripting languages and the data-driven stuff and attaching scripting language. I mean, I could go on Technobabble for, for like months on this topic, but the, the, at the end of the day, you know, when all is said and done, I'll be able to sit down, you know, type a little bit of something into a, into a text editor and then just magic will happen. So it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty exciting time. And I think uh, next year we're probably going to have two or three games out. So that's the plan. Fantastic. It's great to hear. Well, uh, you know, uh, is there is there stuff you'd like to plug? Obviously, people should go play Pocket Tanks. Uh, it's it's uh, there is a free version out there for for all. Uh, is the free version on basically everything? Like they're all on basically everything at this point, right? <laughs> pretty much. I mean, we don't have a BlackBerry version. You know, we don't have that. Okay. Uh, pretty much everything else mobile we have. So uh, you know, definitely, yeah, Pocket Tanks is on everything, uh, even Windows Ten. So we don't have it in Steam yet. You know, so I'd say keep an eye out for Pocket Tanks on Steam here in the next year or so, because that's kind of a big uh, a big focus for us. So if we're doing a Steam Greenlight, maybe I'll have to catch up with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, people should go and, and seek out Pocket Tanks, uh, especially the free version, just to kind of see if you like it. And if you do, uh, Rick and I can both attest uh, the Deluxe Pack is is for sure something that makes the game, expands your options and fun uh, a, a high amount. Yes, uh, and, quite and always getting new expansion packs too. As I said, I kind of pay it forward. People buy the deluxe game, you know, five years ago on their iPhone, and you're still going to get free packs on the deluxe version. You know, so we're always trying to you know value add that. You're you're always going to get something for your investment for helping me out. Definitely. So we'll we'll definitely keep supporting the game. Um, uh, you want to give us a website or Twitter or any other ways that people can follow you and, and what Blitwise is doing? Uh, sure. Our website is uh, blitwise.com. And on Twitter, it's uh, MikeW underscore Blitwise. And that'd be great. I'd be great if you guys want to follow along with my uh, programming stuff and game programming stuff. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, as for the show, uh, you can follow us here uh, on Twitter. It's at GOTG Podcast. Uh, gamersonthego.com is where you can go to find uh, all the newest episodes and blog posts and things that go up on there uh, and then uh, Rick uh, you are <laughs> I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask if there was any way for people to I don't know follow, follow the stuff that you're doing no nobody cares about my <laughs> 
Okay, if you insist. Um, but Mike, I, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, and you know this was fun, and I, I know that Rick and I immediately are going to go back to our desks and play more pocket tanks. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> so well done, well done for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All Thanks, right. Thanks, Mike. Hey, 